On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Good morning and welcome to Dorchester Community Church. My name's David. I'm part of the leadership team here. And we welcome you on this very special Easter Sunday morning. We celebrate with churches up and down the country and throughout the world. What are we celebrating? A man who walked the world, the earth, 2,000 years ago and is a part of history. A picture, an icon, a statue made of wood or metal. No, we are here to celebrate and to worship the risen Lord Jesus. The one who is alive today and lives forevermore. Who died and rose again so that we can come this morning and say hallelujah. He is risen. It's great to see so many of you here on this lovely sunny Easter morning. So I'm just getting something. What's going on? But I think I think there's a story just coming through. Um, we're just going to put it up live on the screen so you can all catch up on what's going on just at the moment. Hello, welcome to News 24 from the DCC. I'm Hugh Ray. Thank you for joining us. In today's news, we hear about the Energizer Bunny who has been arrested. We believe he has been charged with battery. Also, the Pied Piper of Hamlin has been spotted with two children. More to follow. This week, we have been bringing you regular updates since Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. And today, we are able to go straight across to the temple where our financial correspondent, Robin Banks, is reporting for us now. Robin. Thank you, Hugh. Yes, I'm here just outside the temple in Jerusalem where there seems to be some kind of disturbance taking place. There appear to be some animals on the loose. Get back here, Hugh. And there are clearly some quite angry people at the site. Gotcha, you little... Excuse me, but you appear to have grabbed my microphone. Oh, so I am. Sorry, I thought it was my sheep. I'm Robin Banks from News24. May I ask why you are chasing a sheep? Because I'm trying to catch it. I was about to sell it in the temple, and now I don't know where it is. How did it escape? It was like Jesus. He came in and started tipping over all the tables and setting all the animals loose. There were sheep, goats, pigeons and money flying everywhere. Then he started chasing everyone, even the customers. It was chaos. He ought to be arrested. Was there any reason given for his behaviour? He was shouting something about God's temple should be a place of prayer, and not a den of robbers. I mean to say I barely make anything on those sheep. 
My prices are very competitive. There we go, stop that sheep. I really don't know how he knows which of all these are all his sheep. There are so many. That was our financial correspondent, Robin Banks, reporting there, and we apologise for the interference in that last report. Further to that situation in Jerusalem, DCC News 24 has heard from one of the followers of Jesus, who asked to remain anonymous, that Jesus has disclosed to his closest followers that he is to be crucified. We contacted the office of the Roman governor, who is the senior in charge of crucifixions and asked if it was true that Jesus was to be crucified but he said and I quote Jesus who never heard of the chap now get lost meanwhile a statement has been released from the local priesthood in Jerusalem in which they say we deny that the miracles performed by Jesus are miraculous we deny that Jesus knows more about God than we do we deny that we would like to kill Jesus. We deny that we have given one of Jesus' followers a bag of silver. We deny that we are jealous of Jesus. We deny that we are scared of Jesus. We deny having any interest in Jesus whatsoever. Our foreign correspondent, Rhoda Camel, has sent this special report from the temple in Jerusalem. Since the day that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, he has attended the temple every day along with a lot of local and travelling visitors who have come to be healed or blessed or to hear him teach or just to see him for themselves. There are also many children amongst the crowds who shout out things like Hosanna to the son of David, much to the evident annoyance of the chief of priests here. We managed to speak with one of the children a short time ago. Why do you shout Hosanna to the king of David, to Jesus? Because Jesus was sent by God, and because he's king like the King David was, only better. I've seen him heal people, like a blind man who was made to see again, and a man who couldn't walk got up and walked when Jesus told him to, and Jesus doesn't tell us to go away like the priests do. And, 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 um, I'm going now. Bye. Well, it seems that the chief priests do not like Jesus as much as these children do. This is Rhoda Camel for DCC News 24. We have some breaking news just in, that Jesus has been arrested. I believe we can go live to the scene now, where just in time our Middle East correspondent is live. Justin. Thank you, Hugh. Yes, we have breaking news that Jesus was arrested here just a few minutes ago. I am here at the scene, but I can't actually see much as it's dark here. However, with me I have a witness that saw Jesus being arrested. I understand you work for the high priest. Is that right? That's right. Yes. And I've got two ears. Right, and what? I've got two ears. One on each side of my head. 
yes. Can you tell us what happened when Jesus was arrested? All right. The chief priest sent a lot of us to arrest Jesus. We had one of Jesus' followers with us to help identify him, and plenty of torches, lanterns, swords and clubs in case there was any trouble. And was there trouble? Actually, no. It was strange. When we found him, he just asked us who we had come for, and we said Jesus of Nazareth, and he didn't run off or fight or anything. He just said it was him. It was like he wanted to get arrested. So we arrested him. And next thing I know, one of the men with him pulls out a sword, takes a swing at my head. Well, I tried to dodge him, but he had taken me by surprise, and he took my ear clean off my head. But Jesus stopped him from fighting, picked up my ear, stuck it right back on again, just like that, this ear here. Good as new. No glue, no stitching, chewing gum, nothing. It's great ear, isn't it? Well, I suppose so, yes. But what happened? I never realised until tonight just how I, how I attached I am to this ear. Right, but then... You see how it's attached to my head, just like the other one? Yes, but what happened to Jesus after that? Well, to be honest, I was a bit preoccupied after that. But the plan was to take Jesus before the high priest. Funny, he said it had all been predicted by the prophets. Then his followers ran off, and I was so busy thinking about my ear, I got left behind. Thank you. So we can confirm reports that Jesus has been arrested. We'll bring you more as the story develops, and as soon as I can find my way out of this rather dark olive grove. This is Just In Time, DCC News 24, somewhere in Gethsemane. We have now had a press release by the local authorities in Jerusalem. I must warn viewers that there are flashing images in the following report. At 2200 hours, our highly skilled surveillance team identified a suspect wanted in connection with an earlier disturbance at the temple. We proceeded to apprehend the suspect whereupon one of his accomplices took out a weapon and attempted to attack officers in the course of carrying out their duty. Fortunately, we were quickly able to bring the situation under control and an arrest was made. I can confirm the suspect, Jesus of Nazareth, is safe in custody and being held for questioning. He no longer poses a threat to the general public. That was an official press release, and we can join our correspondent now live from the house of the High Priest, where Jesus is being held. I'm here outside the house of the High Priest, where one of the household servants is able to give us details of the events that have taken place inside. Can you tell us what happened after Jesus was brought here, please? Yes. The high priest and a lot of other important high-ranking officials questioned Jesus about the many claims he has made about himself. However, he would not answer them, would not cooperate, would not do anything to help himself, 
and would not even speak apart from stating that he is the Christ and the Son of God. Of course, the high priest and the others said that anyone who talks like that deserves to be put to death. I see. And are they still questioning Jesus now? Oh no, they took him over to the Roman governor to seek his execution. In that case, this is Rhoda Camel, DCC News 24, in the wrong place. Indeed. I think we are able to join an alternative news service, News 25, whose reporter, Don Key, is at the Roman governor's palace and is able to share his report with us from there now. I am coming to you a short distance from the Roman governor's palace, but we are unable to get any closer due to a large crowd of people gathering here. One such person who has come here is Felix Seitzer, who joins me now. Tell us what is going on, Felix. We're here to make sure Jesus gets crucified. He let us think he was going to solve all our problems, and he hasn't. We know he deserves to die because the chief priest said so. The Roman governor kept asking silly questions, so we just kept shouting, crucify, crucify, until he gave in. Does that mean Jesus has been sentenced already? Yeah, he's going to be crucified. That'll teach him. Thank you. This is John Key reporting for News 25, a short distance from Angry Mob. DCC News 24 can confirm that Jesus has been crucified. The scene is far too graphic to be broadcast. Crucifixion is considered to be the most painful, slow and humiliating form of execution ever invented. Jesus, along with two other condemned criminals, had their hands and feet nailed to a cross by soldiers and they were left to die. Some close to the scene report hearing Jesus saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Our reporter, just in time, has this report from Calvary, the place of the crucifixion. I am here at the scene of today's crucifixion. Although it's daytime, it is actually very dark here. It's about six hours since Jesus was crucified. Oh my goodness, the ground's shaking. I'm sorry, we appear to have had some technical difficulties in Jerusalem. However, we can confirm that Jesus of Nazareth is dead. I am told the last words he spoke were, it is finished. DCC News 24. We are going straight to Jerusalem where we have this special report from our foreign correspondent, Rhoda Camel. Thank you, Hugh. It's now two days since Jesus was killed and I'm here near a tomb where his body was laid. Somewhat surprisingly, the man who provided the tomb was a well-known member of the group responsible for having Jesus crucified. However, he disagreed with their actions and had the body placed in the tomb here and sealed it with a huge stone. 
However, DCC News 24 can exclusively reveal that the huge rock which has been inexplicably moved and the body of Jesus is no longer in the tomb. The burial clothes which the body were wrapped in are still there, but the body has gone. No one seems to know what has happened to it. I am joined by the commander of the Roman garrison. Commander, I believe your troops were guarding the tomb and yet the body of Jesus is no longer there. Can you explain what happened? I'm afraid some of my men, who were new recruits and only recently deployed in Palestine, were spooked by some strange sightings and withdrew, they assure me, to seek reinforcements. By the time they got back, the stone to the entrance had been moved and the body was gone. And if you excuse me, I have a search to carry out. Thank you, Commander. As you can see, the search continues. This is Rhoda Camel for News 24 in a garden just outside Jerusalem. Good afternoon. You're watching DCC News 24, and further reports continue to come in from Jerusalem following the events over the last few days. We go now to our religious affairs correspondent, Reg Oyce, in Jerusalem. For several days now, we've been trying to establish what's happened to Jesus' body. I'm joined by one of the self-declared followers of Jesus, who says she can tell us. So, what happened to Jesus' body? Joy! Oh, Joy! He has risen! What? Jesus has come back to life. He told us he was going to be killed and then come back to life, and now he has. We didn't understand. When he was killed, we thought everything had gone wrong, that it was in God's plan all along. So, what exactly makes you think Jesus has come back to life? Seeing him and talking to him. Lots of us have seen him now and spoken with him and had dinner with him. You had dinner with a dead man? No, said so Billy. We've had dinner with a living man. He was dead, but now he isn't. Jesus overcame death. Right, but if you could do that, why did he die in the first place? For us. Before he died, he said he would give his body for us, and his blood would be poured out so people can be forgiven. After he came back to life, he explained that when he died, he took the punishment for what we do wrong so that we can be forgiven. Now, our job is to tell everyone about Jesus and what he's done for everyone. We must now all spread the good news. Well... I've heard many stories in my time, but this is truly unique. Only time will tell the effects of this eventful week here in Jerusalem. This really must have been the biggest news story ever. This is Red Choice, reporting for DCC News 24. Back to you in DCC. You heard it there, the biggest news story ever. Wasn't that amazing? Let's give them all a big round of applause. Thank you to DCC News 24 and our very own Ministry of Puppets. 
the biggest news story ever, Reg Oyce said it was. The biggest news story ever. You know, it seems to me that we live in a time of big news stories, don't we? Think of some of the news stories we've had over the last few years. Brexit, a couple of years ago, it seemed that nothing else was on the news except for Brexit. And then all of a sudden, COVID came along, and we couldn't even quite remember what Brexit was all about. And now, of course, we hear about Russia and Ukraine, and we can't quite remember what the whole COVID thing's all about. And in a year's time, there'll be another big news story. And a year after that, be another news story. And in 10 years' time, there'll have been a whole pile of other big news stories. But, you know, some stories just don't go away, do they? And for 2,000 years, the greatest ever story has been being told throughout the world, in different places, to different people, in different ways. Sometimes through the reading of scripture, sometimes through the watching of a, of a fantastic puppet show like we've had this morning. I don't know when that script was written, which version of the Bible they got that from. There's one or two characters in there that I don't actually find in the NIV. Perhaps they're using a different version of the Bible. There was all sorts of characters, wasn't there, watching that story unfold. And you know what we find in the Bible as we read through the events of the first Easter? It's actually a very small part of the story because there must have been dozens, hundreds of other people standing, watching, listening, observing, thinking to the events of that very first Easter. I wonder if we could somehow pick you up and transport you back 2,000 years. So you were there watching the events of that first Easter. And you were watching Jesus and listening to him, perhaps watching on that first Palm Sunday, perhaps in the temple, seeing him throw the, ter- the tables over, causing a disruption, perhaps in the garden, watching him being arrested. I wonder what you would think of it all. Not with the benefit of hindsight, not with 2,000 years of church teaching to influence you. If you were just there in the moment watching, what would you think about it all? You know, I would guess there's going to be a whole bucket load of different people there with different ideas, different views, different opinions of this Jesus type character. You know, think about some of the characters we saw this morning. What about Hooray, who I think was wearing a St. Osmond's school tie, if I'm not much mistaken. We went to the same alumni. He knows all the facts. He's even prepared to tell everybody the facts and share the story. As long as he can do it from the safety and security of his nice, comfortable little studio. We were given a little precursor to this, weren't we, on Monday, and we saw the news reports of that first Palm Sunday, and there was a guy in there. How many of you watched that? Good. A few of you. You don't have to admit to it. It's all right. We saw a guy there who was very excited. The Roman, the Jesus has come. He's going to sort out the Romans. He's, he's performed miracle after miracle. He's going to sort out all our problems. And yet just a few days later, the same man is shouting, crucify him, crucify him, kill him. He deserves to die. 
very excited about Jesus today. Not so bothered tomorrow. You know, in that same video, we saw a man called Mr. Point. Mr. Point was a religious leader. He knew all about Jesus. He knew all about God, rather. He understood so much about God. He knew his Bible, his Old Testament, back to front. He could quote all sorts of scriptures. He could engage in a debate and a dialogue and win hands down from an intellectual point of view. But it was all head knowledge. He didn't really understand what Jesus was all about. He was looking for something much more impressive, something much more complicated. Jesus was understood by the little girl, wasn't she? She knew what Jesus was all about. This Jesus is much nicer than the religious leaders. He wants to talk to me. There was the guy in the temple, the trader. He was just interested in sheep and how much money he could make out of them. There was the guy at the end, wasn't there? Reg Oyce. He was a bit confused by things, wasn't he? I think I'd have been a bit confused if I was in his situation, but he was trying to understand what this was all about. But the person who kept coming up was Rhoda Camel. Rhoda Camel was here, and Rhoda Camel was there, and then she was somewhere else, and eventually she admitted, this is Rhoda Camel in the wrong place. Do you ever feel like that? You're trying to find out the truth. You're trying to establish the facts. You're trying to work out what this God thing, what this Jesus thing is all about. What does the Bible mean? What does it all mean to me? And just as you start establishing a few facts, it seems that things move and you're looking in the wrong place. And you, you feel like you need to be somewhere else. 2,000 years ago, a man called Paul was talking to a group of people called the Areopagus. This was in the city of Athens. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Athens. And the people of Athens were very religious. And this group, the Areopagus, they were very clever, intellectual men, and they loved to debate and discuss and argue and try and search out the truth. And Paul went before them to debate with them, and he said, I can see you're very religious. In fact, he says, I've walked around your city of Athens, and I've seen you've got temples to this god and that god, and you've got statues to all the other gods. And just in case you've missed out a god, you have got a statue dedicated to the unknown god. Paul said to them, I can tell you, this unknown god is not unknown. You can look around you. You can look in creation. You can see the people you meet. You can see all the amazing things in the world. God has put all that there so that he won't be unknown. But he has put it there so that men and women, boys and girls, might look around them and try and reach out to God. And when that happens, you won't be like Rhoda Camel saying, I'm in the wrong place. You'll actually discover, Paul said, God is not far from each one of us. And I just wonder this morning whether 
you have been looking around in various places, trying to understand what this God thing is all about. What does Easter mean? What does it mean that someone died and supposedly rose again, if I can believe that? What does that mean for me now, 2,000 years later? Maybe if Paul was here today, he would say the same thing to you that he said 2,000 years ago to those men of the city of Athens. Look around you. Reach out to God. And maybe you will find he is not far from you. Okay, you say that's all right. What does it mean to reach out to God? It sounds like a very churchy sort of religious thing to say, doesn't it? Reach out to God. I know what I would say. I'm a man. I'm a nuts and bolts kind of guy. I need to know exactly what that means. Reach out to God. Let me suggest to you something we sometimes say is that reaching out to God is as simple as A, B, C. First of all, it means having something to admit. Having something to, perhaps you could say, acknowledge. Actually, God, I'm reaching out to you because I recognise there is something missing. There is something about my life that doesn't quite add up. There is something from in my life that I'm struggling on my own. I, I can't quite make sense of things on my own. I admit that I've made loads of mistakes. I've got things wrong. I've made bad judgments. I've let people down. I've let myself down. Maybe, God, if you exist, I've even let you down. I can't manage. I can't do this on my own. B is to believe. Believe. Oh, if only I could believe. It's it's, it's easy for you to say that. I wish I had your faith. That's what people say to me sometimes. I wish I had your faith. You know, in the Gospels, we read a story about a man whose son was very ill. And Jesus went to him and he said, Jesus, Jesus, will you heal my son? And Jesus said, do you believe? You've asked me to heal your son. Do you believe I can heal your son? And the man said, Lord, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. Jesus commended him. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you're saying, yeah, I want to believe, but I find it so hard to believe. God says, great. That's a fantastic starting point if you want to believe, but you find it hard. Because that's admitting that, like all of us, you struggle with doubts. But you come from a point of wanting to believe. And the third thing, C, is to change. You know, when we come before Jesus and we say, I want to believe, I admit I've got things wrong. I admit there are things in my life that are missing. I admit that I need you. I acknowledge that I need you in my life. Something amazing happens. Our life changes. In fact, our life doesn't change. We get a new life. We get a life that is what you might call supernatural. It sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But, you know, we will develop a life which is beyond rational explanation. It is beyond anything that science or knowledge can explain. We get new life. Because of 
Jesus, a new life, a new identity. A life where all our mistakes of the past have a line drawn under them. A life where we have new hope, a new future, fresh hope. And the sea change. Because do you know what? When we get that new life, when we get that supernatural life, when we get that life that is beyond rational explanation, we want to change. Some of those changes are easy, and we'll do them just like that. Most of those changes actually take a lifetime. And they're hard, and we get it wrong. And we change, and then we go back, and then we change. And God understands. And he is with us in that journey, all the way right to the end. I don't know where you're at. I don't know which of these characters you would have identified with. I don't know where you're at in that ABC journey. But I do know that God once again says to you, reach out to me right now, right where you are, and find that I am not far away. I'm just there, right next to you, if you'll just reach out to me. God, are you there? I don't know if I fully believe in you. I don't know if I quite understand all this Jesus and Bible thing. I don't know if I understand about that story about you dying and rising again. But I know I need you. Would you speak to me right now? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Easter. We thank you for the stories we read in the Bible of you dying and rising again. But we thank you that they are not just stories, but historical facts. In fact, they're not just historical facts, but they are for a reason. So that we might know you, not from words written in a book, but know you living in our lives. We thank you that even though we make mistakes and get things wrong, that you want to come along each one of along alongside each one of us. That you want to be a part of our lives. We thank you that when you died You took the punishment, you paid the price for all the mistakes we've made, all the selfish things we've done, all the times we put our own ambition in front of of others. We thank you that when you rose again, you conquered death and you gave us a fresh hope. You brought light into darkness, hope into despair. Please help us this Easter to understand afresh just what it means to have new life, to have fresh hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. We had a tradition in my previous church. Um, We used to say, um, he is risen. And the response was, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And if you didn't say it loud enough, the vicar made you repeat it until you did. So, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. This week, whatever you may be facing, remember that in three short days, the disciples and the family of Christ went from hopelessness to hopeful joy. From devastation to celebration. From defeat to victory. Easter reminds us that hope should never be lost. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I think you can actually do better than that. (laughs) I'd like the people on the great field and Queen Mother Square to hear you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Happy Easter to you all. Isn't tradition wonderful? (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we know the empty tomb gives life to us all. And we pray that that life will be in our hearts. We know from the Bible that when your son ascended, the disciples stopped hiding. We pray that we will not hide but we will be open in showing our beliefs and faith in you. And we know that when your Holy Spirit descended on the disciples, they went out, they spoke to people, people understood them, whatever their backgrounds. And we pray that we may have the power to speak to anyone and that they will understand. We know that not all your people, Lord, are able to do this. There are people we know, people who would normally be worshipping here, who are not able to do it. And we pray that you will touch them with your healing hands, touch them in your power. But we know also and see so often and call, as with Karen Hounsley, back in the late 1800s, when comes the promised time when war will be no more, lust, oppression, crime will flee thy face before. Lord, there is so much of this still in our world. We pray against it, Lord. We pray for good men, for peace and kindness and your love for all. And we pray as the hymn ends, Arise, O morning star, arise and never set. So may we all be able to raise our God, our arms and praise God for his faithfulness. May we open our hands and receive 
what he so lovingly wants to give us. May you look past your circumstances and see Jesus who reigns over all. And may you move forward in faith, knowing all things are possible through him. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Robin and Jill. I hope that woke you up. (laughs) That was great. Jill spoke about people experiencing devastation, despair, hopelessness. You know, our last song, I love that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Uncertain Days. Maybe you have a sense of that hopelessness and despair and devastation in your life and you feel like you've had enough and now is the time that you want to cry out to God. You know, if that's you, don't be on your own, don't be alone. We would love to talk to you. We would love to be able to share your story, um, to hear what your story is and to pray with you. Why not talk to us as we finish our service now and we share tea and coffee together? Why not take the time to chat to one of us? If you're listening online, you can, uh, you can look on our website and you can find our contact details there. Email us, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Let's just bow our heads for a final prayer as we bring our service to an end. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.